Hello, welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. This Sunday, Apostle continues in the Word of His Grace series as he preaches a sermon titled Increasing Grace. In this service, Apostle teaches that grace is in levels and you can be deliberate on how you increase in grace. He further teaches how one can increase in grace through faithfulness. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Okay, so now uh, this morning, I was supposed to be concluding on the Grace Series. However, while preparing for this sermon, somehow one sermon became about six or seven. And that's just in the rough preparations. It might exponentially increase. (laughs) So one sermon became about six or seven sermons. Um, Assuming you've been watching the past few months, I suppose by now you know the different ways we define grace. I would suppose that by now you're well aware that grace is unmerited favor. I would suppose you're aware that grace is a divine exchange. I would suppose you're aware that grace is a divine endowment. It's an empowerment. I would suppose you're aware of all those things. I would suppose you're aware with regards to a divine exchange about how Jesus became the chastisement for our peace and all those things. So um, I am assuming we are well aware of those things. And last week, I taught. What did I teach last week? I'm remembering last week, and all I can remember is that I was cracking a lot of jokes. I had missed seeing people. So everything in me just lit up. Um, Grace to do. Last week I talked about grace to do. The week before I talked about grace to be. And this week I'm talking about how grace can increase. Although the title of this first part is going to be given to you later. When I tell you the subheading for the day. And so I want us to see that grace can increase. So I want to show you a few scriptures. Three. Number one. John chapter number one, verse 16. We'll read it first from the New King James. And thereafter, we're going to read it from the Amplified Version of the Bible. Grace can increase. This is the grace to be and grace to do. Okay, what's wrong with this one? John 1, verse 16. Let's read it. The Bible says, Of his fullness... We have received grace for grace. And of his fullness, we have received grace for grace. I want us to see it from the Amplified Version. The Amplified says, For out of his fullness, abundance, we have all received all had a share and were all supplied with one grace after another. 
Hey, is anyone already catching it? One grace after another, and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, and even favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. Praise the Lord. There's a song entitled Blessings on Blessings. <laughs> All of you have heard it. Yeah, Blessings on Blessings. There's actually a dance for it. I'm quite an expert at that dance. You should. I, I'm not joking. I, I mean it. I've taught many. I have many disciples in that category. And it's talking about everywhere you look, you've got a blessing on the way. And so I, when I read this scripture, I was like, hey, and just, and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. Even favor upon favor. So you can go from favor to favor. You can go from blessing to blessing. You can go from grace to grace. Praise the Lord. God didn't design your life to be in and out of the water. No. He designed it to be going deeper in the waters. Not, no, right now I'm experiencing a dry season. Dry season. Dry season. Which scripture says that? The Bible says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of his belly, rivers of living water flow. That's what the Bible says. Be careful with some things that you create. Don't let another man's experience become your doctrine. Whatever the Lord was doing with them, praise God. Don't let them become your doctrine. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 18 from the New King James. So the first part I've shown you that there is, what is, there is grace upon grace. There is favor upon favor. There is blessing upon blessing. But I want to show you that you can actually be deliberate about your growth in grace. Let's start from verse 17 for context. The Bible says, uh-huh. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. So they're being told, look, be careful, otherwise you might be led away by the error of the wicked, okay? But instead of being led away by the error of the wicked, you can do something else instead. What is that? But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. It's actually instructing us to grow in the grace. That shows you that you can be deliberate about your growth in grace. You can be deliberate. You can actually put an effort to it. Similarly, you can leave it to chance. Um, I know during this period, many of us have had to entertain ourselves by watching highlights of football from previous seasons. And there's a status I kept seeing going around. It hurt me. I never finished that status. And it was mainly being posted by ladies. They were showing like football, uh, the Premier League, all those things. Or even, I don't even know how they got access to FPL. But it was even showing parts of FPL. Then there was a sad song. And then they were saying we are mocking a certain kind of people. To the glory of God, he heard our cries. June the 17th, there is a return. And for that matter, there is blessing upon blessing because 
Um, everywhere you look, there's a blessing. In the Spanish league, the games will be played every day for about 22 days. Blessing upon blessing. Remote control upon remote control. And you know, this thing is needed. The other day I was amazed. One of the young guys, I won't mention his name. I found him home and he was with my sister and I just heard him running into the living room. There was this show about, you know, where they come to do cook-offs and then there are those lucky guys called judges who like test everyone's food and then criticize after enjoying. And the guy comes in, hey, has, uh, I, don't, I think the guy's name was Keith. Has Keith won? I'm like, you even know their names now. No, there is need for an intervention. There is need for an intervention. God has heard us. So I was saying, now in those highlights, if you want, if you go watch some of the best goals that have ever happened in football, you discover that some people who've scored that goal have never scored a goal of any kind like that again. Some of them even get cursed by the commentators. The moment they score, he will never score a better goal. I don't know what's wrong with those guys. And usually those which are like that are goals which are called flukes. Where you are trying to cross, you hit a bad cross, it ended up being a good goal. It's very difficult to repeat it because you are not deliberate about it. Then there are those who've perfected their skill. I don't know what's wrong with their leg. Like when they hit the ball, it always goes like this. Usually those you'll find, if you check the highlights, they've got 10, 15, 20 goals of the same kind. They've perfected the skill. They are deliberate about it. No, 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 no. Your success should not be a fluke. You shouldn't have one of those flukish, uh, let me put it like this, where your whole life there's only one testimony of somebody who received a touch from God by virtue of you, and you didn't even know what was happening. Your hand was just shaking. happened once when you were 19 and you're in your 50s and that's the only story you tell. There's perhaps a certain deliberateness you didn't have when it comes to growing in the grace. Grow in grace. Grow in grace. You must be deliberate about it. Then the third scripture I'll show you is 2 Corinthians chapter number 8 verse 7. It reveals something. Number one, we've seen that there is grace upon grace, right? And then number two, we've seen that you can be deliberate to grow in grace. But number three, you can be specific concerning growing in grace. Second Corinthians 8 verse 7. But as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. So there's a specific grace being spoken about here, and you can see it if we look at the NIV version. The New International Version. Or if you want, you can read the context, but the NIV gives it to us. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 7, look at this. It says, but just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Paul was literally telling them to be deliberate about a specific grace that they needed to excel in. So you can be specific. So three things we've noted here. There is grace upon grace. There are higher levels of grace. Secondly, you can be deliberate to grow in grace. 
Thirdly, you can be even specific about areas to grow in. You can be specific about areas to grow in. There are people who read every book in the world, trying to be everyone's opinion. But when you've got an idea of what you're trying to be, you'll know which books to read. You'll not waste your time on some. No, honestly. Otherwise, you might just remain with a record that you read the most books. Some were a bit unnecessary. There are some people who believe networking means becoming friends with everyone in the world. Others are more strategic because they know which areas they're trying to improve, perhaps, or which kind of people they are trying to improve, or which kind of people they are trying to encourage. Why am I saying that? I've been well taught by my pastor that networking is in three levels. If all you do is look for people, there are people who say, hey, only, like, you know, sometimes people will be given advice in class. Befriend somebody more intelligent than you so that they can be helping you. So then who are they supposed to befriend? If all you look for is people who are better than you and you can get from them, there will be trouble. When it comes to networking, you must look for people who can improve your life. Then you must also look for people whose lives you can improve. And then you must look for people who you are at similar levels and you can encourage each other. That's how it should be. That's how you should network. Otherwise, I'll consider you selfish. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, we must be, grace can increase, and we can grow in grace, and we can also be specific about the grace to grow in. Because you can be like those Corinthians where you've excelled in every other area, but in a certain level of grace, you've not excelled. You've not been deliberate. How a teaching you can teach also be specific. Try to grow also in the area of the prophetic. How a giving you can give, but also try to grow in the area of prayer. Worshipping you can worship. Could you also try to grow in the area of talking? Business you can do, but can you also grow in the area of relationships? Relationships you can make, but can you also grow in the area of saving? Savings you can do, but can you also grow in the area of investment? <laughs> Praise the Lord. And you may want to, you know, as you start growing in the faith, you're able to see certain areas which you know, these are areas that, I would, remember last time I told you that there are areas you'll find you've got a burden for, and then there are areas that you'll find uh, they bring you joy. And then there's also just a you that you're trying to be. I hope you're getting my point. So you know that for you, you've got a burden to take care of orphans. And you know that the fact of the matter is you will be limited in your capacity to do that if you are still on 3,000 kwacha in a month. You'll be very limited in your capacity to do that. So you know that definitely for you, you may want to, you may not have any interest in business, but for the sake of that other side of destiny, you may want to grow that side. Because you know that you might need a bigger income you may not have any interest in strategic networking, but you may have to grow your networks and see how well you can identify with some of these donors who got nothing to do with their money because there's a purpose for you. There's a purpose that you're trying to deal with. Is somebody catching this? Is somebody getting this? Praise the Lord. 
I hope after this we're going to do some assessments of ourselves. You get a paper, you write down, which areas have I grown in? Which areas do I think I've not paid that much attention to? In which areas do I, I may be doing well, but I need to do better? Because this is very important for my assignment. One of the things I've had to do, one area that I wasn't very skilled in was teaching. I wasn't very skilled in teaching. I was very, some of you wonder, what about Wim and the like? I was very skilled in Revelation. That's why all my sermons were, my, I had some of the most mysterious sermons. I could see things where other people don't see it. But I had really grown in the area of teaching about the Holy Spirit. So I was very comfortable. I knew everyone would touch the other parts. So I just come, Holy Spirit. Then I started pastoring. My friend, <laughs> you can't teach the same topic every week. And then you can't be mysterious every week. You can't be mysterious every week. There are two or three major things that I did to grow. You will hear them on some of the weeks gone by. <laughs> there are two or three major things that I did to grow. Okay. So, what are some of the ways we can increase grace? Today we'll look at one. Oh my, is this the time? Son, stop. So, what are some of the ways we can increase grace? Today we're going to look at one, and that's faithfulness. Faithfulness. Remember that song, faithfulness, faithfulness is what you want from me. I, I, I hope there was that part. Okay. Faithfulness. And very important, you know, when you start learning about deliberateness, you come to understand that there are some things we ask God to do in our lives, which his role is really to give us the will to do and be, but it's us to do it for ourselves. God, make me faithful. He'll give you the will to be and to do, but it's you to do it. I'm telling you, it's you to do it. He gives you the grace, but it's you to do it. Break me. <laughs> you know, you can always just humble yourself on your own. Eh? Like, just humble yourself. Like, don't wait for God to humble you. His, his ways are not our ways. <laughs> you know, you can just humble yourself. I don't know if you get my point. There's a guy called Herod who God humbled. <laughs> he didn't go very well. He didn't have an opportunity to practice that humility. So anyways, uh, grace increases through faithfulness. And so we're going to read our main text with regards to faithfulness. Luke 19 verse 12. And we'll read it from the NLT. We'll read it from the NLT. Book 1912. You seem to be having trouble this side. He said, How long have you have read the power of the talents? We usually read from Matthew, right? Is there nothing we can do? I would have loved everyone to follow.
We usually read it from the book of Matthew, and that's in chapter 25, but I wanted us to see Luke's version of it. It's a little different. It says, a noble man was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Who does that remind you of? Who is that talking about? Who is this person who came on earth and then there's something he had to do and then when he did it, he was going to be king? Don't you remember Philippians 2, 5? Let this same attitude be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who although being in the form of God, who although being in the likeness of God, or the amplified, although possessing the same attributes that make God God, did not consider this equality as something to be grasped. But he lowered himself, taking the form of a servant, and becoming in the likeness of a human being. And God has exalted him. And God has therefore exalted him and given him the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven on earth and under the earth to the glory of God the Father. So a nobleman was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Uh-huh. Before he left, he called together ten of his servants, divided among them ten pounds of silver, saying, invest this for me while I am gone. This one is a bit different because for this one, you would tend to think that it wasn't like in Matthew where they were given different portions according to their abilities. This one seems like they were given the same. Because there were ten, and he divided among them ten pounds. So it's probably not possible that someone had two. Let's go on. But his people hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we do not want him to be our king. Next verse. After he was crowned king, he returned and called in the servants to whom he had given the money. He wanted to find out what their prophets were. I want you to understand this. There's a side of God you'll never understand if you don't understand that he is the author of business as well. And in business, your interest is profit. The reason you put in capital is so that when your sales come in and you less whatever expenses and all that stuff from your sales, there must be a profit. There must be a profit. Primarily, every business is there to make profit. I know they say we're just here to empower people and just be good. Primarily, they're all there to make a profit. You know, we just love the wonderful people. Kalinga Linga. So we just decided to put this here just for them to have fun. Primarily, they're really there to make a profit. Right? And that's why when it comes to marketing, they'll be looking at how they can meet the needs of the people while making a profit. That's the whole essence. Okay. So, the first servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made ten times the original amount. Uh-huh. Well done, the king exclaimed. You are a good servant. You have been faithful. What's the key word there? Faithful with little I entrusted to you. So you will be governor over ten cities as your reward. You cannot compare being governor over ten coins, over one coin, to being governor over ten cities. That shows you that even though faithfulness increases grace, you can't compare what you get from God because God's mathematics and ours, they're, they're a little different. Haven't you ever seen how one chase a thousand, two put ten thousand to flight? It means God operates by different kinds of mathematics than us. How does, being in, how does making one coin ten, how does that amount to governing ten cities? You see how faithfulness works. Let's look at the next guy. Who had the same coin? The next servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made five times the original amount. You can even have the same level of grace, but do different things with it. Same sale group of four members. Same 
kind of people exposed to the same teachings. One grows to 20. The other one doesn't. So he said, well done. You'll be governor over five cities. In case you didn't know, both in heaven and on earth, rewards are different. Uh Uh-huh. Next verse. But the third servant brought back only the original amount of money and said, Master, I hid the four cell members you gave me, although one traveled out of the city, so now we've got three. And I've kept them safe. Here you go. Even if there are only four, let's say the adventure, it was a bit rough and you remained with four. They still have the same level of knowledge you gave them to be with. They are at the same level, except one has backslidden. They look at how Jesus describes himself, in case you think, and you wonder why, uh, and you want pastors to always just be nice. This is how Jesus describes himself. You wicked servant, the king roared. He didn't talk, he roared. He said, your own words condemn you. If you knew I am a hard man who takes what isn't mine and harvests crops I didn't plant. And he goes on to say, why didn't you take it to the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest out of it. Whatever you did, do it again. Just remain and keep doing it. I want everyone to participate. Is somebody saying that? Said you knew I'm a hard man. Why did you do nothing with it? What did he go on to say? Uh-huh. Then turning to the others standing nearby, the king ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one who has 10 pounds. Is somebody following? Grace increases by virtue of faithfulness. And in this part, what I was trying to show you is how, how is your attitude towards the work of God? Have you gotten to understand the nature of the God you're working for? Have you gotten to understand the wantings of the God you're working for? Another thing you must understand about grace in the context of faithfulness is that it's also about your attitude towards the work of God. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58. I've mentioned your attitude towards the God you're working for. But it is also now your attitude towards the work of God. 1 Corinthians 15, verse uh, 58 from the NLT. The Bible says, So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Remember, man looks on the outside. God looks at the heart. Do not be one of those people who on earth we celebrate you as a general. In heaven, you are not even among the brothers. No, do not be one of those. Because God looks at the heart. So as you are working for the Lord, do it enthusiastically. Praise the Lord. And I hope this spirit of quarantine has made you realize that it's better to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to sit in the council or, or in any of these other places. I hope it has taught you that. Let's go on. There is also your attitude towards those God puts above you. 
your attitude towards those God puts above you. There are very few people who are called in the office of Adam. What do I mean? More often than not, the majority of people will find themselves serving someone. How do we know? Because in the scriptures, more often than not, more people served someone rather than being the overall head because there can only be one head. More often than not, let's be honest, for one Moses, there were 70 elders and I don't know how many other leaders and all that stuff. And, they, and he was leading like, is it hundreds of thousands? And he had to appoint judges over hundreds of thousands and thousands and all those things. Okay? You may not always be the one to open a foundation. Sometimes you can join under somebody who's opened one. You may not always be the one to open a church. You can join under somebody who's opened one. For one Elijah, there were, I don't know how many thousands of prophets waiting. And then God tells them to pick one Elijah and all those things. And the thing about the office of Adam is that it's very, let me tell you one, one of the hardest things about the office of Adam. The hardest thing about it is that Adam never had a chance to be a child. Never had a chance to be a child. Adam had to be born a man. So the thing about the office of the Adam is that you have to mature faster than everybody else. You deny yourself certain privileges. Everyone else has access. You, you deny yourself certain opportunities because it's, 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 it's on its own. So more often than not, you'll find yourself serving someone. And sometimes, even if you're going to be an overall, you'll first serve someone. In that period, how diligent are you towards the people that you serve? And like I said, you know, sometimes we advertise it as a period. If we are to be very honest with ourselves, it's not always just a period. For some, it's for the rest of your life. <laughs> there will always be somebody you're serving. Let's be honest with ourselves. Because, you know, if we always advertise it as serve now so that when it's your turn, what if, what if, what if it's Joshua chosen and not Caleb? How will you be like when you're Caleb? Caleb served Moses and still served Joshua. Daniel served Nebuchadnezzar, and when he was 85, still served his son. I'm telling you. So, you know, sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves, eh? And let's be careful how we advertise it, because, you know, sometimes we advertise it as, for now you'll be on the computer one day. <laughs> you may not necessarily be the one running the church. But what's your attitude when you're serving someone? How is your attitude towards your department head? For example, if your attitude only changes when I'm around, then you're an actor. You're acting. That's no better than Santiago. You know how Santiago, you think the guy is in love. Can't you real life? They don't even like each other. No, Maria. Praise God. Luke 16, verse 12, NLT. The Bible says, uh -huh. Luke 16, verse 12, and if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with your own? It's actually a question being asked, why? For what reason? And that's why I was saying, I was saying to the people earlier, and there's going to be a training for all those in departments and all those things, even those who prospectively want to join, there's going to be a training. You can open it up for the whole church. There'll be a training, and it'll be a very interesting training. It'll be a training on courtesy. 
Sometimes just simple things like your department head gives you an instruction. Simple things like how you reply. Is there anything wrong with replying, I am well guided, sir? Or I am well guided, madam, or I don't know what you call yourselves. My, um, is there anything wrong with saying that? Your boss who you don't like at work, you shower them with all the blessings of your words. Your words impart grace on their lives. And you want to blue tick us. Or type O and K. No, no, that's not how you do it. And yet this one, you, you do that for a boss because you get a monthly reward. My friend, this one will get you an eternal reward. And listen, Hebrews 13 verse 17 from the Amplified. Hebrews 13 verse 17 from the Amplified. The Bible says, obey your spiritual leaders. Okay? Notice, interestingly, it doesn't say leader. <laughs> it says, obey your spiritual leaders. Hebrews 13 17 from the Amplified. Submit to them continually recognizing their authority over you. For they are constantly keeping watch over your souls and guarding your spiritual warfare as men who have to render an account of their trust. Now, let me say something. Here's what I believe. Because of the principle of delegation, there are certain accounts that may not necessarily come from your pastor. It may come from the person who your pastor put in charge of you. I'm telling you. Because of the principle of delegation, the same way God will come and say, oh, I gave you 5,000 people. Tell me about them. If I may only know, 100. Then those 100, I appointed them over another 100, and then they also over another 100. If I didn't do the appointments well such that everybody is known, I'll be at fault because it means I wasn't a good leader, and I didn't get to see the principle of delegation, which Moses had to learn the hard way. Remember, he had judges over 1,000, and then... Lord, and that, and that, and that. So I also go to the hundred. Ah, guys, uh, the Lord is asking about, no, we also know about these hundred. Who also know about those hundred? Who also know about those hundred? That's how I believe accountability is. So what's your attitude towards people that God puts above you? And interestingly, think about the Joshua-Caleb situation. It may be easy for Caleb to save Moses, but is he going to save the Joshua whom he was fighting with? The Joshua who they used to go running around with? The Joshua whom they both brought a good report with, but Joshua was the one chosen. Is he still going to serve? Praise God. So ensure that your attitude is right. Another thing you must ensure is your attitude towards tasks which may seem trivial. I would encourage all of us to read the entire Luke 16. I've noticed most of my verses are from there. Luke 16, verse 10 and 11, the NLT. Luke 16, verse 10 and 11 from the NLT. Here's what the Bible says. Let's read verse 10. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. I know I've focused more towards the house of God, but you can even expand your thinking in all other areas. You sign up for an organization. You're given a task. What's your attitude? How faithful are you to it? Must you always be the one in the spotlight? 
must it always be you? How faithful are you when you're given a task that requires you being in the background? Are you as faithful as when you're given the task that requires you being in the spotlight? How faithfully do you pray when you're just ushering that day? Come on, may ask me, Apostle, what about you? <laughs> like I said, the training is different. But if I was to be very honest with you, some may know. I know what it's like to go to church on a Saturday at 10, deal with your people afterwards, other people afterwards, other people, then spend time praying for the service, then come the earliest, lead intercession to chairs, and then pray for everyone. And you keep praying and praying and praying and praying, and you're ensuring everything is in the right place. It's God's serving. And maybe it's because of that kind of training that every time I'm in school, for some reason, almost every class I'm in, I'm usually classroom, and I don't appoint myself. Just being faithful in the little tasks. Faithful in the little tasks. Is it, is it a blessing to you? Do you know that there are certain gentlemen in the Bible, David was thirsty for a certain kind of water. They risked their lives just to bring him water, which after they brought to him, he even poured the water on the ground. They were so faithful in their serving that they became known as his mighty men. Interestingly, most people don't know their names. I usually forget their names, but I know that they are David's mighty men. Praise God. And that's just the way God does things. So in terms of faithfulness, today what I've taught you is this. Number one, I've taught you that there's higher levels of grace. Then secondly, I taught you that you can be deliberate about growing in grace. Then thirdly, I've even taught you that you can be specific about growing in grace. And I've shown you that in growing in grace, there's this thing called faithfulness, which is about how your attitude towards, towards the God of the work, then there's your attitude towards the work of God, and then there's your attitude towards people that he puts above you, and then there's your attitude when the task does not seem as flashy or as, or as rewarding, especially in the earthly realm. How is your attitude? Just that you're growing in grace. Praise God. If you had asked me, I've, I've told you dreams I've had where God came and said, oh, from all of you, you're the one I've picked. Usually it's about how another task was handled. Now, why, now someone would say, Apostle is in that Boston. No, it's not. Let me tell you why. Because what God has given cannot compare to what you deserved by virtue of what you did. Remember, his mathematics is different from ours. But you can tell, you can trace certain things from faithfulness. You can trace certain things from faithfulness. Suddenly you notice you're very influential over teenagers. Are you going to say, ah, they're just teenagers? Don't you know that if you're influential over teenagers, then that means that you are influential over a generation? Do you know why they'll be 10 years from now? Do you know why they'll be 15 years from now? Do you know why they'll be 20 years from now? And in 20 years, if you maintain your influence, it means you'll be influential over them and their children. <laughs> Do you know why there will be 30 years from now? If you maintain your influence for the next 40 years, do you know how many generations you'll be influential over? Because you are faithful with how you treated someone. What's your attitude if you're dealing, let's, let's say in your place of work, 
in ministry and all those things. What's your attitude if you're dealing with somebody wealthy and if you're dealing with somebody who doesn't have money? Do you maintain the same principles? Do you maintain the same ethics? Or does your smile widen because somebody leaves bigger tips? What's your attitude? How do you know? That person you're helping may never do something, anything for you. But there's a God who said, whenever you did it for one of the least, you did it for me. There's a God who said that. There are some people who will never reward you. I know sometimes we say, no, be careful who you help. You never know who will help you. There are some people who will never help you. There are some people who you might always be better than them. They might never have an opportunity to help you. But there is a God who watches and he judges faithfulness. Praise God. I hope today you will count your blessings, but not just your blessings. Count your tasks. Count, count your tasks. And do your best to be faithful with what God has given you. Remember this. If God gave another person ten and God gave you five, he will not judge you the same. The judgment is different. In Matthew it says each according to their ability. You may not be judged at the same level of a person who was called to preach to 10 million people and they preached to 5 million. And then somebody else was called to preach to 500,000 people and they preached to 550,000. God would define their success differently. Praise God. I'm telling you, this spirit, God is calling for faithfulness. I pray you've been blessed. Have you? Let me speak a blessing over you first. In the name of Jesus, you are blessed. You are blessed in your mind. You are blessed in your heart. You are blessed in everything you do. May God's grace shine on you. May grace shine on you. May the face of God shine brightly on you. May his countenance towards you be bright. In the name of Jesus. You are blessed in everything you do. I pray may give you the gift of direction. That blessing called direction. May the Lord give that to you where you know what you ought to do. Even as the Bible says, the signs of Ithaca at the times, and they knew what Israel ought to do. May that be your story in Jesus' name. Oh, wow. What a service. I've been so blessed, and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on plus 2609537560076 or plus 2609774746679. If you are unable to call us, you can email us on the City of the Lord Zambia at gmail.com. Or reach us on the Facebook page at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.